Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast. This episode is Helpline with Mothercraft nurse extraordinaire, Chris Minogue. If she can't help you, nobody can. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Hello, this is Feed, Play, Love and Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. It is your time of the week to ask questions of Chris. If you have anything that you're finding challenging with your children, whether they're babies or toddlers, Chris is the lady to (laughs) ask. Um, Chris has over 30 years experience helping families with everything from feeding, settling, behavioural issues, all of the sorts of questions you have. Now, the way you can get in touch with us, there are many. If you're watching us live via Facebook, pop your questions in the comments section. If you're listening to us via the podcast, you can email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au and we can answer the question next week. You can also, if you're watching us live, give us a call on 1-800-543-772. The first question we have comes comes from Bryony, who sent this through on Facebook. She's got a one-year-old. Perfect. This question is about day naps. He seems to be dropping his afternoon nap. He'll have a long nap in the morning, around one and a half to two hours, and then will really struggle to sleep in the afternoon. Yep. He won't sleep in his cot for the second sleep, so we try either the stroller or the car for that nap. He goes to bed around 7 p.m., wakes between 6 and 7. I was giving him naps at every three, three and a half hours. So if he woke at 6, I was napping him at 10 and then again at around 2.30, depending on when he woke from his morning nap. Okay. At home, he goes to bed simply with a bedtime story song and kiss. He goes to sleep on his own with no fuss. At daycare... Three days a week, he also has two naps at around 10 and 3, and they will put him to sleep, um, will pat him to sleep, sorry, and at night he sleeps through. So is, how do you, how do you make that nap? Back. Yeah. How do you get it back? How do you get it back? Um, So one thing, it's a little bit unclear here, is if he gets up at 6, he goes down at 10, that's four hours, and he's going to be a little bit overtired, and it also pushes that sleep into the 12 o'clock window. So he does need two sleeps. Um, He probably has two shorter sleeps at daycare. That's why they get the two sleeps from him. And you have to be careful because daycare is patting and you may not be patting. So what he's looking for is for you to do the patting that he gets at daycare. So there's a few things that you can think about around it. But generally at one, I would give them 45 minutes to an hour in the morning to get back your afternoon sleep. So because he's sleeping later in the morning and for a long time, it's going to be very difficult to get um, like a 45 minute sleep in at 3.30 or 4 o'clock because it's just too late in the day for a one-year-old. So if you feel he still needs the two sleeps, and I would think that he would, um, he'd be very precious by 6, 6.30 in the evening, um, I would start to reduce his morning sleep by a little 20-minute window till you get it down to about an hour. So if he got up at 6, you put him down at 9 and get him up at 10, and then put him down at 1.30, and I think you'll get your two hours back again. But the second part of this is you need to also make sure, depending on how many days he goes to daycare, that daycare aren't also making a habit by patting him and you're not patting him because that's how they're getting two sleeps. But that could be what he's expecting when he gets home as well. Okay. Okay. So a few things to think about, but you can get the second sleep back by reducing that first sleep a little bit. 
All right, good luck, Bryony. This question comes from Ashley, who has a 15-month-old son. He's our second child and sleeps in the same room as our three-year-old. And basically, Ashley wants to get him to sleep through the night. So at the moment, they give him a bottle in the lounge room at around 7.30 p.m. He falls asleep very easily. I then transfer him into his cot. Around 9.30 or 10, he will wake up crying and wanting to get out of the cot. That's right. The only way I can settle him and get him back to sleep is by putting him in bed with me. Right. He's then waking again at 3 a.m. and tries to get out of bed. Usually, I have to give him a bottle to settle him and get him back to sleep. He's quite restless for the majority of the night, and unless he's holding my hand or I have my hand on his tummy or on him somewhere, he will wake up. Mm. I try throughout the night when he is asleep to move him back into his cot, but with no luck. I try to pat him back to sleep in his cot, and he will lie down but starts crying every time I leave the room. I work full-time and am exhausted. I need a full night's sleep. My partner starts work at 4 a.m., so it's always left up to me to attend to him and settle him throughout the night. I don't like letting him cry for too long during the night as I don't want him waking up our three-year-old. So, Ashley, although there is a lot going on here, it's not that untypical of 15-month-olders. So this is a really typical question or it's typically something that I might go out and help parents with. But actually, there's lots of things going on for him. So he starts by going to sleep with a bottle. So he doesn't know he goes into a cot. He wakes up out of the cot and says, what am I doing here? I need to be with my mum. So out of the ease of getting everybody done and getting sleep, you pick him up, you put him into bed with you, and then you keep having to be with him quite physically. So he gets all these different mixed messages. So I think... You probably need three or four days, which is hard when you're working full time, to get this to turn itself around. I'm assuming that he has one sleep in the day because we didn't get any day information. So at 15 months, I would think he would have one sleep in the day. And from the wake up point in that day, so say he woke up at 2.30, he needs five and a half hours before he's ready for sleep. Then you're feeding him the bottle and he's going to sleep in your arms, and then you're putting him in the cot. So when he wakes up in that natural cycle around that fourth, uh, 9, 30, 10 o'clock window, he, he doesn't know what to do when that happens. So I think the first thing I would be doing is checking your time frames in the day, making sure he gets enough sleep in the day, about two to two and a half hours. And then when you put him down, you've got to feed him his bottle, and he's got to stay awake, and then you've got to put him down in the cot. And this is where it can get difficult when you have a three-year-old in the room. So for the couple of days that you're trying to get him to some do some self-settling and in the cot, I would actually move your three-year-old out of the room to give him half a chance of sleeping and then move him back in again once you've got your 15-month-old sleeping better. But the problem is the inconsistencies in the method. So I'd give him his bottle, maybe in the room if he can, Read him a little story, so the bottle will be coming about 20 minutes before you want him to come go to bed. Read him a little story, put him in, put your hands on him because he's used to that, and then maybe give him a gentle pat to give him the idea that this is where we go to sleep, here in this bed, but I'm still right here with you. Give him a pat, 
this is going to take a little while, a little bit of up and down, a little bit of a cuddle back down, give him a pat so that when he wakes overnight, you can get in there, you can lay him down and then you can give him a pat. And that's how I would start the process of changing this around. And that's going to take time and energy. And this sounds like a really busy little household. So you've got to make sure you've got the right time to be able to do it because we don't want you to do it for one day and then not be able to do it and then try it again for two days because he'll just get himself more and more worked up. So think about in his cot, he'll need hands on, gentle patting, walk away when he's calm and quiet, go back in if he's cried for a little bit, put him down, gentle patting again. So you're teaching him that the cot is where you now would like him to sleep. Good luck. (laughs) Yes, good luck, Ashley. The next question is from Ellie, who has an 18-month-old. This is a question about teeth cleaning. Oh, right. Um, We need help making teeth cleaning an enjoyable task for all. We've all cleaned our teeth as a family from about 12 months, morning and evening, but it's not actually happening. (laughs) She sucks her toothbrush or avoids the whole toothbrush to teeth part. We've tried to keep it as positive as possible, not pushing her to do it or holding her down and doing it for her. It's gotten to the point where she knows it's about to happen, demands a toy and then holds that on the stool in the bathroom rather than her toothbrush. Advice, tips, when and how to introduce toothpaste, etc. are welcome. I think you're doing the right thing in that you're trying to make it as general as possible. But at the moment, she's just decided that's not going to happen. So what I would do is just step back and let it go for about a week and then reintroduce it. So I would not make such a big deal of it. I would just in the in the morning period and in the evening period, eventually go in, buy her a hot brand new toothbrush and stand up at the mirror and say to her in the mirror, show mummy your teeth in the mirror. So she then shows mummy her teeth because they're all about showing off. And then you can do a little bit of brushing. And we're just going to start with a little bit of brushing with a little bit of toothpaste on it, little drink. She's obviously not going to spit out. So little drink. And we're going to turn the whole experience around because it's now such a song and dance that she's saying, I'm not going to do this. So it's okay if she's having a healthy diet and that you're, you know, she's drinking water, that you just step back for a week or two and then reintroduce it much more naturally. So we're going to the park, let's put our shoes on, clean our teeth and we're going to the park. You know, we've had dinner, we've had a bath, let's clean our teeth and move on instead of it being a big production about teeth cleaning. And I think you'll see it'll come back to you. All right. Well, um, I hope she gets some nice pearly white soon, Ellie, yeah. and it all works out for you. Our next question comes on the phone line from Manaka. She has a five-year-old daughter who's wetting the bed at least two times per night. Hi, Manaka. How are you? Hi. So um, tell us a little bit more about what's happening with your daughter. So it's two times every night is this happening? Yes, every night it's two times. And um, actually, uh, daytime it's fine. I think uh, most of the time she can hold it up to, I mean, uh, she doesn't go to toilet like um, not more than two, three times at daytime. Yep. But at night, I think it's, it's, uh, it's kind of habit for her. At night, she wets at least two times, sometimes three times. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have no idea what to do. Okay. So yeah. has she always wet the bed or is this a more recent thing? Yes, but, but the thing is actually, um, 
uh until last couple of months we yep. uh put the uh, diaper on her oh you put so a pull up on a night nappy yeah, on her yes and uh, okay. like you can say like uh, it's like couple of months time we started uh without the diaper and uh, right. this is yeah 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 okay so was that um night nappy was that night nappy always mm-hmm. wet yes okay yes. so it was very rarely it's not but most of some it's yes, it's yes. wet so she's never yeah. had a period where the night nappy's been dry and then you've taken the night nappy off her um very very rarely okay yeah. so and she takes herself to the bathroom during the day yes she does she and does. she you don't have to ask yeah she and does. she drinks regularly um yes, yeah and she drinks out of cups and not out of water bottles uh usually the bottle because i just want to make sure she drinks enough water so i give okay. her from the bottle yeah. so i think what i would do is start getting her drinking out of cups instead of water bottles because she, uh-huh. she's she's only going to the toilet you know two or three times in the day and she might be uh-huh. overfilling the bladder so let's uh-huh. let's get rid of all the bottles anything in a bottle unless you're uh-huh. you know hiking up a mountain okay. um okay. but otherwise give her drinks in the cup because what i think it'll regulate better does she uh-huh. go to the bathroom before she goes to bed? Yes, she does. And Last does she do a wee? I, yeah, yeah. Sorry? Does she do a wee? Yeah. Oh, she does. Okay, because yeah. sometimes they go to the bathroom because we tell them to, but they uh-huh. don't actually do the wee. <laughs> So no, no, she does, but uh, be- just because I'm telling her, because well, last me very last me, I take her to the bathroom before she goes to bed. bed. Perfect. Yeah, sometimes she doesn't want to, but uh, since I'm asking her to do it, yeah, she's yeah. Okay, so the next thing is before you go to bed, do you take her to the toilet to get her to do a wee? Yeah. Okay, and does she do a wee? Yeah, she does. Okay, so then from the po- that point till the morning, she then uh-huh. wets two, maybe two times overnight. Yes, okay. Right. Yeah. So when we get that type of wetting, it's it's probably good to go and speak to your GP because you're uh-huh. taking her to the toilet. She should be able to uh-huh. hold for about six hours. So if you were taking her to the toilet at about ten o'clock. Uh-huh. Then mm-hmm. I would think that most of the night she would be dry, but for some yes. children they have mm-hmm. trouble with their night wetting. So uh-huh. I think at this point, if you've done all those things other than the water bottle, you know, you just uh-huh. change to the to the cup, then uh-huh. um, I would go and speak to your GP and let him follow it on from there. I think is the best advice. Okay, uh, can I ask one more thing? Sure. Now, um, like, um, what is the water consumption for a five-year-old? Uh, kid during the day that is what i'm worried about it's not an amount it's not an amount Uh they just have a drink to their own thirst okay when they feel that yeah so we usually put water down with breakfast lunch and dinner and maybe if we were going to the park we you know say let's have a drink of water before we go but it's not a specific amount they should drink to their own thirst uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Because sometimes I force her to drink because yeah. I'm thinking that it's not good to, you know, being dehydrated. And also, I force her to drink. Maybe she sometimes she doesn't want to drink, but yeah, still, uh, yeah, yeah. So let's let's pull the pressure back a little bit and not force mm-hmm. her to drink. Let her come and say, "Um, mummy, I need a drink now." Okay. But I would offer her a cup of water at least three, uh-huh. if not four times in the day. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah, that also. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks Thank for you. the call, Manaka. Bye. Okay. Yeah. Cheers. Hi. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Chris Minogue and Helpline on Feed Play Love will be back answering more questions right after this.
When you become a parent, you enter an exclusive club, one that only other parents can truly understand. I spent a lot of time running and yelling names. Come back, get back here. But I bought him one of those backpacks that had a lead, like, you yes. know, a monkey one. Because it doesn't look as bad. Yeah, like a disguise. <laughs> the Parent Panel is a weekly podcast that invites adults to ponder the big questions of looking after small children with more than a bit of humour mixed in. Join us for The Parent Panel wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to your questions with Helpline and Chris Minogue. This question comes from Pip, who has a seven and a half month old. It's about weaning. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm planning to go back to work when she's 11 months old. Currently, our schedule looks like this. Wake up around 6, 6.30, have a breastfeed. Um, Seven, breakfast, eight o'clock, nap. Nap till 9.15. No, sorry. No. I've got that all mixed up. Breastfeed at 7, breakfast at 8, nap 9.15 till 11, yep. breastfeed at 11, lunch at 12, nap at one thirty to 3, breastfeed 3 o'clock, dinner 4.30, breastfeed at 6.15, bed at 7. Yep. God, I forgot how much you breastfeed when, you... <laughs> when they're little. <laughs> when they're little. Ideally, I would like to be down to only one breastfeed when I go back to work. One feed maximum would be happy to be completely weaned. How should I tackle weaning her over the next few months? And do I need to replace the breastfeeds with formula until she's one? So I'll answer that bit first. Yes, you need to replace the breastfeeds with formula until she's one. And then they go on to cow's milk. Um, So the amounts, though, are around 150 to 180 in the day bottles and about 240 in the evening bottle. Okay, so they're your amounts. Um, now how you do it, the first burning question is, has she taken a bottle? Okay. So we don't know that. So we're going to assume that she does take a bottle because if she doesn't take a bottle, that's a whole different story. So if she does take a bottle and she takes it quite easily for you, then you're literally going to replace one bottle per week over the next four weeks. So I would start with maybe her lunchtime bottle and she would have that and then a week, and then you just drop that breastfeed. And then a week later, you might do the mid-morning one, the one you do around 10 or 11. And then a week later, you do the morning one. And then on the fourth week, you do the evening one. Now, that's the most common pattern for weaning. And it's very mutual. Just each week, we change out one breastfeed for a bottle. Um, alternatively, some people who have a low supply in the evening might start in the evening bottle and just quit, quite literally work backwards up the up the feeds across the day. So if we have four weeks to do it, that would probably the, be the best way to do it. If she hasn't taken a bottle... And she looks at you as if to say, there's no chance I'm taking that bottle. That is very different because what happens then is in order to get her to take a bottle, you almost have to, at this age, do an abrupt wean where you say, okay, you need to be able to take these bottles and you keep offering the bottles across the day until she's taking them. But you need to do some expressing so that you don't end up with mastitis or block ducts along the way. So it's a little bit more complicated if she has never taken a bottle again. Uh, Sorry, if she's never taken a bottle before. So if she hasn't taken a bottle, you might want to type that in or get back to us and I'd have to give you a bit more structure around it. But if she's taking the bottle, you literally just replace one a week over four weeks and there's a nice, calm, mutual wean that has occurred. And um, that question about um, probably preferring to be completely weaned. Yeah, 
that's entirely possible by 11 months. Absolutely. Completely um, able. And you're also quite completely able to wean her on three of those feeds and keep one. And the one that's most commonly kept is the morning one. So you might wean the evening one, the the afternoon one, the mid-morning one. But you and her might enjoy that morning breastfeed for quite some time. Um, Or you might go, well, that was really nice and I'm done and you just wean that fourth one off when you're ready. So you've got plenty of time to do this, and and that makes it much easier when she might be adjusting to daycare or a different carer helping when you go back to work. So take your time, um, and if she's taking a bottle, just literally write it in your calendar each month and then each week, and then you just drop them off, and then she'll be completely weaned. Good luck with that, Pip. Um, we have a question from, on Facebook from Kerry. Hello, yep. Kerry. She has a six-year-old. I have a little girl who likes to put her hand under my armpit to comfort herself, and then she will sniff, I guess, her hand. Yeah. Uh, she's six. We try to stop her, and she only does it to me. Any tips would be great. Well, that's different. Um, but I think it's just a comfort it's thing. It's totally comfort, isn't it? Yeah, it's self-soothing. Yeah. So I think this is just um, you quite literally saying we're not going to do this anymore and not letting her do this. And I would probably give her something else to comfort because it's a, it sounds like a self-soothing mm. method. It's because your she scent, only does it? does it to you. It's probably the smell that she's smelt from feeding, you know, so it's a very it's a very comforting. But maybe what we can do is um, buy her a new transitional bed toy or comfort toy to help her. But I think you have to sit her down. And at the age of six, the really good thing is that you can quite literally just sit her down and say, okay, mm. you're a six-year-old now and that was a lovely baby thing and a young thing that we did together. But it's now time to get comfort from a new thing, so let's go out and cho- and you know choose a new thing. So I don't think we have to make a big deal, but I think it's something that you have to control because it's physically something she's doing to you. Yeah, and so. Kerry, from the non-expert side of this panel, uh, mm. because. Chris is the one that knows things, and I can just tell you what I've done. My daughter's seven, and she um, is very attached to me. What we ended up doing was um, I had a bracelet I wore all the time, just a string bracelet, nothing expensive or fancy. And and I gave it to her, and um, that really works for her. I'm not saying it works for every child, but like it's a self self comforting, yeah, it's a connection to me, and um, yeah, it's a bit easier than having a stick your hand up, yeah, under your arm, but to actually. Stop that behaviour. I think that's the bit you need to take control. And a six-year-old, you'll be able to have a conversation with her that's non-confrontational, really easy to do, and then finding that thing that she can get comfort from, whether it be the bracelet or sometimes we give them the same thing. We give them our watches or here's mummy's pen, hold mummy's pen, and that does the trick. They're just looking for some self-comfort. It's a connection to you. Good luck. Um, This question comes from Whitney on Facebook. Uh, I'm from New York and I have a little girl who turns two next week. She doesn't talk at all. Is that unusual or mean something is wrong if she doesn't talk at all? She does babble a lot but says no words. Her paediatrician just says all kids talk at different ages, so not to worry. Should she be saying um, so many words or sentences at this age? Hi, Whitney. Thanks for this conversation or this question, sorry, because lots of people, you know, they try and work out whether their child's talking enough or not enough. But I would think by the age of two, she would have audible sounds and audible um, words. So even if they were limited, she would say, mummy, daddy, up, 
Um, so at this point, if you're not getting audible words, but you're getting lots of baby babble, I think at this point you would want to start to have an assessment done by a speech therapist and just really find out what might be going on for her. Because if she's babbling, they can catch on to that and start getting her to form words and to use words. And once you see them doing this, then you'll be able to mimic that at home and encourage her to speak. But at this point, I would be thinking that she should be at least seen by a speech therapist um, or um, she should be speaking a little bit more than what she's probably doing for you. And it may mean nothing at all, but the point being, of course, yeah. Whitney, is that it's something that's you're concerned about. So you wouldn't worth... have asked us otherwise. Yeah. Um, so at least for your own peace of mind, yeah. take them and to also, a And also, you know, you see them in a social setting and you can see that other kids, and some, some are reading a book and others are just pointing out the plane. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it is very wide, but I think you would be getting audible words. So let's, let's go and see a speech pathologist and they'll help you out in your local area good luck it's probably nice and warm in new york right now is it yeah she's from new york she may not oh maybe oh, yeah maybe you're in australia but you're originally <laughs> from new york either yeah. way good luck with in the australia. speech um we have a question from rachel about transitioning an 18 month old to one sleep yep he currently does two sleeps, but I'm not sure when to transition him. He yep. wakes between 6 to 7 each day and then gets tired around 10.30 a.m. Yep. Can sometimes push it till 11.30, but only sleeps for about one hour, then sleeps again at 3 till 4, and then bedtime is 7. I've also Ooh. tried pushing it to 12 p.m., but then he wakes after an hour and then won't go down at 3 o'clock and is a wreck for the rest of the day. Yep. I'm worried about changing to one sleep if he's only sleeping for an hour true. So Rachel, in fact, he's doing really well because he's going down for all those sleeps really well and he's still sleeping really well for you at night. So I can see where you're stuck between, do I move him to one and risk the sleep or do I, you know, try and just put him onto one sleep? So what I would do is I would decrease the first sleep in the morning so that as you decrease the first sleep by a little bit, it increases the second sleep. So you put him down at 10.30. So what I would do for the next week is I'd put him down at 10.30 and I'd get him up at 11. So I might even do that in the car or going for a walk in the pram. But then I'd put him down at 2 to see if he would sleep till 3.30. And then once you get that momentum where he's only having half an hour in the morning and an hour and a half in the afternoon, that's at the point where I would merge the two together to get about a two-hour sleep. Now, I would start with the window of 11.30, so up at 6, 7, down at 11.30, hopefully sleep till 1.30, but you might need to put him down again at 6.30, not so much the 7, because he's starting to lose it a little bit. Once he's done that for a week, then I try and get to the 2, uh, sorry, to the 12, and then I get him to go from 12 till 2, okay? So I think if you think about this a little bit, you shorten the first sleep, which will naturally lengthen the second sleep, then the transition is going to be much, much easier for you to do. Right. And this one comes from Sally, who has a one-year-old. Yep. I'm keen to wean my little boy off the bottle and onto sippy cups. He has three milk bottles a day at the moment, one before bed. He's only taking about 150 mil before bed. Yep. He's got CMPI. Do you know what that is? Mm. I don't. 
I should have asked. Slowly starting to introduce dairy. And oh, we're slowly East cow's milk protein intolerance. There you go. You knew that. <laughs> and we're slowly starting. Nice. And we're slowly starting to introduce dairy like cheese. So his formula is still quite important for his calcium intake. How can I introduce a sippy cup while still ensuring he drinks enough milk? At the moment, he drinks water through a straw bottle, but apparently she's tried formula with a straw bottle and he wouldn't take it. it. Should I just put the milk in this bottle and encourage him to drink himself? We give or hold his milk bottles at the moment. We like the bonding and chill time together. Yeah, He's so I agree. busy. It's the only time we get real cuddles. <laughs> yeah, from a boy. It's the only time we get the snuggles, isn't it? So the first thing is that you don't have to wean him. So the first question I'd ask you is why do you want to wean him off the bottles? So is it something someone said to you or do you just feel he doesn't need them anymore? So if it, that's the case, if you just feel he doesn't need them anymore, you have to start putting some of the formula into the sippy cup that you want him to use. And then once he's accepting the formula in the sippy cup, then you're just going to swap out one bottle for a sippy cup. And again, over a few days. So Monday, you give him a lunchtime sippy cup. And then Friday, you give him a lunchtime and a morning sippy cup. And then the next Monday, you give him all sippy cups. So traditionally, I do it where I keep them on their milk until they're 14 months old and then I wean them off. So that's how we did it in our training and lots of babies are happy with it. So either way, if you're, if you're still happy to have little cuddles in the morning and in the evening and you give him a sippy, sippy cup at lunchtime, you can do that for a little while and then slowly you would swap out the sippy cup for the bottles as you felt he needed to. So as he starts increasing his... Um, um, his dairy products, they'll also start getting you into some cow's milk. And then again, you'll swap out your, your formula for cow's milk when you're ready to get to that stage with he, reintroducing the cow's milk protein. All right. This next question comes from Emily with a 10-month-old. Yep. From the age of about eight months, my son would sleep through two to seven nights a week, but in between would have been really unsettled night um, unsettled at the night requiring either feeding, rocking or patting back to sleep or coming into bed with my partner and I. Some of these nights he would wake anywhere from two to five times a night. More recently, he's been increasingly difficult to resettle. Some nights he can go to sleep himself. Other times it's like he's forgotten how. He has a comforter that he associates with sleep and usually looks for it to help him resettle. As I write this, I see that there are a lot of different messages we are sending here, yeah, which could be right. causing confusion. However, however, Emily thinks this is stemming from his day sleeps. Yes. So let's have some more info here. He's only ever done 40-minute 40 40 minute. naps during mm. the day with the odd longer sleep. He goes to sleep on his own quite easily during the day. Oh, and good. sometimes she can shush him through the monitor, and that's enough to get him to sleep a bit longer. Yeah. If she goes into the room, he wakes up fully and cries until... Um, she picks him up. Yep. Now she says, if he wakes up at 6am, I would try to resettle him until at least seven before getting him up. Oh. If he refuses, I would get him up. And on these days, he would have a third nap in the afternoon. If he wakes around seven or eight, he has recently been refusing his afternoon nap. So the time between lunchtime nap and bedtime is way too long. Yep. His bedtime varies depending on what time he wakes in the morning. Recently, he's been waking very unsettled and agitated between four and 6am. I would feed him and he usually go back down to sleep and sleep approximately until approximately 8.30 a.m. 
Okay. Hope you got all that because I'm really confused. I know. I've got it. (laughs) (laughs) Emily, um, you're right. He gets a lot of mixed messages. He gets a mixed message about when the day starts and doesn't start. He gets a mixed message about feeds and settling. So what we're going to try and do is we're going to pick a pattern um, to that's age appropriate and realistic, and then we're going to teach him to sleep. So there's too much going on here. So he's a 10-month-old, and it's completely reasonable for a 10-month-old to get up at 6 a.m. in the morning. So in your head and in all your dreams, you want him to sleep till 7, but the reality is they don't. <laughs> That's very true. So the reason I'm saying that is because we might have to battle to get him to sleep overnight and accept it. And if he has done really well to get to six o'clock, it's important that you don't push him a bit more because I think everything will fall apart. So I know you're really tired and that's part of it. Or you might have read something that says the day starts at seven o'clock. But actually, if you ask a lot of people, very few babies, did any of your babies sleep till seven (laughs) o'clock? No. Nope. <laughs> no. Um, they still don't sleep till seven o'clock. So if we work this off the 10 o'clock window, uh, sorry, the six o'clock window, a 10-month-old stays awake for about three and a half hours. And the second part, you're absolutely right. He only sleeps for 40 minutes. And so therefore, he's a really tired little bunny by the end of the day. So if he got up at six, I'd be putting him down at about nine. And between nine and 10, a 40-minute sleep at 10 months is probably okay. Got up at round 10 by the time he got to sleep and had 40 minutes sleep. Got up around 10. The next window is about three and a half hours. So if he got up at 10, I'd be putting him down at 1.30. And this is the one that I need to teach him to resettle because that's the one that's going to help him with resettling at night as well. The other thing is, if he doesn't resettle in that one, he's too tired at night to tolerate us teaching him how to settle, us being, you know, anybody that's giving you advice as well as yourselves. So he goes down at 1.30. We'd need about an hour and a half sleep there for him to tolerate resettling overnight. So he seems to go down perfectly well for you. You've got to take those cues and then you've got to give him the chance when he wakes up to go back to sleep. So if I put him down at 1.30, in my head, I think I'm going to help him until about three o'clock to go back to sleep. And with this age group, I just do extending time. So let him have a little cry for five minutes, go in, lay him down, give a little pat, tell him it's time for sleep and then out. Then leave him a little bit longer. Go in, lay him down, give him a little pat and then out again. And this is the same pattern you then apply overnight. So give him five minutes, go in, pat him. If he gets really hysterical, pick him up, give him a cuddle, put him back in his bed again. So you can't do that part, though, unless you get consistency through the day. So think of this in two parts. First, you're going to get the consistency in the day, and then you're going to change the idea around sleep, and that's going to take you about three to four days. But if you hang in there, it will work. All right. Emily, I hope that all gets sorted out very soon. Um, Apologies if we didn't get to your question um, this week. We, uh, of course, will be back next week. Um, We can answer your questions then. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure. This has been Helpline on Feed, Play, Love, hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt. If you want to ask Chris your questions for the next episode, you can email them to us directly. The email is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. 
Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Elise Cooper and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. You can get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.